This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to a special signing day edition of the State of Recruiting. Uh, Mike Roach is our resident expert. Uh, Mike is currently on the road on uh, on uh, National Signing Day. He was at the Ennis Rakestraw announcement earlier this morning, and now he's headed down to uh, Central Texas for uh, both uh, one at Main- Mainer today. I, th- I think actually Mike's not going to make the one at Mainer, but he is going to make the one at Bastrop later this afternoon for Alfred Collins. How you doing, Mike? Uh, putting in the miles, Bobby. Trying to finish off this 2020 class before vacation time. <laughs> I think you're going to be okay, my man. It's almost there. You got less than 24 hours here. Yeah, yeah, but All we right. got some more fun content coming this week that I got to finish up too. So. Oh well, there, there is that. Hey, Mike, uh, real quick, you were. I, I want to talk to you about four guys really that that were left on the on the uh, board for Texas as of. Yesterday, that was Kelvante Dixon, the athlete out of Carthage, Ennis uh, uh, Rakestraw, the corner out of Duncanville, Princely Umamelian out of uh, the defensive lineman out of Maynard, and Alfred Collins, the defensive lineman out of uh, out of Bastrop. Let's start with maybe some real good news. Kelvante Dixon finally decided to commit to Texas, the wide receiver athlete out of Carthage. Tell us about him. Yeah, an 11th hour commitment, totally and. You know, we, we kind of previewed this on the podcast, but Scott Surratt at Carthage is not typically a guy who's going to allow a signing day hat dance. Um, so we were all but certain that one was going to happen before signing day. Um, and, and it did, and that's one Texas has been chasing for a while. Uh, Calvante actually was telling people back in October, even before Chad Morris was fired from Arkansas, that he was planning on flipping his commitment from Arkansas to Texas. Um, he took his time with the process, but, uh, you know, once he did, uh, you know, saw his visits, and it became very clear that it was going to be Texas, but, you know, he at least enjoyed the process himself, which I can't fault him for. And, uh, you know, what Texas is getting is a, is a, a wide receiver, I think, uh, with length, uh, six foot, runs a sub 1100 and 107, um, showed off some of that springy skill in the state, uh, 4AD1 state title game, and, um, that's something that's, that's desperately needed on this team and in this class is dynamic speed and, and playmaking ability. Mike, I, I I went back and watched film of him yesterday afternoon in in, uh, in preparation for this, uh, just to be able to discuss it. And I was surprised by a couple of things. One, the amount of uh, contested catches he made. Uh, pleasantly surprised, I should say. And, and two, the way he kind of snatched the ball. He's not a body catcher any way whatsoever. Uh, so I, I think the combine that with some speed, and, and I think Texas may have gotten something uh, pretty good. I, I would put him, and, and I mentioned this in my column today, 
I would put him as one of the five, six, seven best players in this class from a sure bet perspective. Not necessarily is he going to end up being an All-American or anything like that, but, I mean, he's going to contribute. He's he's too fast, and, and speed finds a way to get on the field. Plus, I think he's a better player even than he is an athlete, and that, that also tends to translate. Um Let's yeah, let's move, move on. on before you move on, let me just say I, I I think you made a really good point today in your column about not sleeping on him, and I think with guys like him and even with Alfred Collins, we get fatigued, right? We talk about them all year long, and by the time they do make their decision, I think people get fatigued with them and they forget, you know, what those guys are as players. And I think that all the things you mentioned, plus coming from a program like Carthage, where he's prepared like he was at the college level, and, and worked under a, uh, an almost college-like coaching staff there. I think all those things are going to benefit him. So I can't, can't agree with you more. Let's move on now to Ennis Rakestraw, the, the corner from Duncanville. You were at his press conference this morning, and he kind of shocked some people. It was a big surprise, which is really hard to do in this day and age of crystal balls and Twitter and, <laughs> and, and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, all the, all the intelligence we heard was, was Bama. I think the Bama people heard Bama. Even the coaches at Duncanville this morning when I asked around were thinking Bama. So uh, he ended up committing to Missouri, which was kind of the first school, that, that, that really big school that jumped in on him. And you know, he showed the loyalty there and you know, talked about his relationship with, with their defensive coordinator, who was the guy that beat the odds. And that's what he saw a lot of that himself. And, um, you know, I think that at Texas, you know, I heard a lot of positive feedback about Jay Belize's uh, involvement in that recruitment. That Texas was in it only because Malai was, you know, so good, but he just really didn't have enough time. And I think if Texas maybe jumped in a month earlier, they could have had him. But uh, you know, he picked uh, picked the zoo and went with the loyalty. So shocked, uh, shocked Bama fans who I think thought they were getting. Yeah, when's the last time someone picked Mizzou over Bama and Texas? Can we go back and figure that? <laughs> Sheldon Richardson, maybe. Like you know, there's eight, a eight years ago. There's a video out there of uh, the new Mizzou head coach, Eli Drinkwitz, getting uh, – and I, I'm fairly sure Bobby – he's watching my periscope from the event, um, and, and he gets to see the announcement live, and he goes crazy. And I think that, you know, a lot of people said, well, surely he knew beforehand. Well, even if you do, and you're a new head coach in Missouri and you're going head-to-head with Bama in Texas, you've got to sweat that out until it's announced. And I think uh, he has every right to be excited Doriel Green Beckham, that's another name that would have yeah. would have had those uh, opportunities too to be going to those schools. That's that's good for Mizzou, bad for Texas, obviously. Um, but uh, you know, things happen, and maybe Texas should have made a, a move sooner uh, to on Rakestraw, and, and perhaps it's a learning experience for Tom Herman. The next one is Princely Uma Milan, the defensive lineman out of Maynard, who I think uh, has some real upside as a pass rusher. What's going on with him? Uh, it's anyone's guess. I mean, we sent our guy Nick Harris out there yesterday to talk to him at, at Maynard. Um, but frankly, it, it sounds like if you read the tea leaves and kind of listen to the buzz behind the scenes, it sounds like Baylor's generating the most buzz. But, you know, at times Texas has and Florida's in and out, in and out. I think, you know, there's an internal battle going there about if, you know, Prince's parents will let him go out of state or if you know, they want him to stay in state, which I think is what they prefer. The buzz is on Baylor, and my money is on Baylor, but it's by no means, like, am I confident in any of it. I think that this kid's been the biggest wild card in the world. 
I've actually heard today that Texas isn't completely out of it. So that's something I'm still calling around on here in the last hours. But, um, you know, I think that Kit could announce for Hawaii today, and it wouldn't shock me. Um, we'll have full coverage of this thing. Nick will be out there at 2.20 p.m. Central time. But uh, I think the, I think if I, the smart money right now is on paper. I think that, uh, I, I, like uh, Dixon, I went back and watched film on, uh, on uh, Uma Milan last night. I think he may have the best first step of the in-state defensive lineman. Um, not that he always uses it or that he's the best player, but I felt like he had the best first step, the most explosive first step of, of that group of in-state defensive linemen. So just keep that in mind as we, as we go forward and see him in the years to come. Uh, Alfred Collins, who will be likely the star of this Texas recruiting class on signing day, or at least Texas fans certainly hope so. The five-star out of Bastrop Cedar Creek, whose mom played uh, played basketball for Jody Conrad and the, the Lady Horns. Yeah, and the, you know, in this age of unpredictability and kids making kids' decisions, you know, yesterday here's a funny little story for you. I got. I got kind of, uh, you know, I was calling around and trying to run down info on Rakestraw and run down info on Princely. And it gets a little stressful from time to time. And my wife asked me what was wrong, and I was like, well, you know, just the whims of 18-year-olds, my job kind of depends on them. So she laughed at me. But weird. It's always like that. It's not just on signing day. So she had to remind me of that. But, you know, it, it, with the whims of 18-year-olds, you always kind of worry about being definitive. But that's uh Bobby, I can't. I would can't tell you how shocked I'd be if Alfred Collins picks anywhere other than Texas today. It's just it feels like it's been leaning that way for a long time. Um, I talked about on here how I left the All American Bowl just feeling as high as I could on on their chances of, of landing Collins, and, um, and you know my confidence has done nothing but go up since that point in time. And, um, I think you know, when it comes down to it, Texas is the wire to wire leader. I think that Texas has the best relationship when it comes to Oscar Giles. They've obviously got the home factor. You know, that there's a lot, of, a lot of things in their corner. And when you consider the fact that if you talk to Oklahoma and and Alabama sources, they're basically completely uh, pessimistic about the deal. There's not one bit of optimism from either of those sources that I've talked to. I think it's you know, unless he's going to pull off the greatest shocker of all time. Which don't think I didn't think about that this morning after Rakeshaw did. Um, I I think he's a long one at the end of the day, and um, you know that's a five star added to that class, and, uh, as you said, a, a star of the, of the signing day. Uh, Mike, uh, Texas uh, uh, announced. Uh, I don't know if Texas is officially announced it is, but news broke this morning that the Longhorns have hired. Uh, Mark Hagan, defensive line, co-defense coordinator at Indiana, as their new defensive tackles coach, uh, that wouldn't have had any impact on Uma Milan or, uh, or Collins, right? No, I don't think so. I mean, those from, you know, unless, unless Texas brought him in last week and had him out for officials and all that, I can't, or, you know, I can't imagine it. It's mainly been an Oscar Giles and Chris Ash you know, since he's been on campus. The overtime that guy's put in recruiting just uh, all their defensive targets. Um, it's mainly been an effort from those two. Tom Herman's been very involved as well. So I, I can't imagine that Hagen would have much of a move right now. 
So, so you think, so this is interesting. You, you mentioned that Ash was very involved. If that's the case, that means he was, he's doing much more than what his predecessor, Todd Orlando, really did on the recruiting trail. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah, you know, Chris Ash has been, you know, the feedback I've gotten guys is, you know, he's not a warm, fuzzy personality that goes out recruiting. That's just the feedback I've gotten from high school coaches. But he is, they think he's, A, very sharp when it comes to talking football. He is very down to business. He's not a guy that's going to show up to a school and, and BS with the coach and joke around. And, you know, he's very, let's get down to business. But the thing that's been mentioned to me over time is he is very engaged in these. We, we, you know, we know when we're talking to him, he is paying attention, he's listening, and, and he's engaged with the process, whereas that wasn't always the case with Todd Orlando, who, you know, coaches mentioned a lot. We can tell he doesn't like recruiting. He doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to be on the road visiting or um, And, you know, I think kids understand that. And they pick up on those things. So, yeah, he has been a lot more involved uh, from the defensive coordinator perspective. Mike, before I let you go, I want to ask you one, one question. I think we went over those four, but – it's really a two-part question of one thing. Your biggest – the things that you're most excited about and or positive about with this recruiting class, and then the flip side of that, the things that you're maybe the most disappointed in. I think that um, on, on, the, on the positive side, I'll give you one, one like obvious and one under the radar for me. Um, on the positive side, what they did in the quarter, what they basically did in the offensive backfield, getting a two quarterback class of Hudson Card and Win and Jackson, and Charles Power profiled it as best recruiting all by position, gave Texas the award for quarterbacks. And it's hard to argue that two top 100 quarterbacks in the country um, that you could do better than that. And then obviously getting five star Bijan Robinson was great. I think underratedly, and something you know maybe people aren't talking about enough is what they did in the trenches, especially if they can close out with, with at least Albert Collins and if they can get Collins and Uvamila and Cherry on top, you know. What they've done on the offensive line and defensive line, in, in areas where Texas has struggled over the last couple of years in buying guys, they identified them early, they were aggressive in pursuing them, and they closed the deal for the most part. So uh, those would be the positive things for me. On the negative side, I think it would be, you know, you talked about it a little bit in your column this morning, but just kind of uh, maybe waiting too long to pull the pull the ripcord and some recruitments and, and move on to the next uh, next uh, guy, next uh, secondary option or something. And, you know, there are too many times that this year I just heard, you know, Texas got in too late. But it would be Andre Bradford or, or Ennis Rakestraw or Sandy Williams. You know, Texas got in too late. Some of that's out of their hands. You know, some of that was they had Quentin Johnson, they had Ty Jordan, they had a lot of staff turnover, but you know, excuses are what they are. I think, uh, and I'll talk about this a lot in my signing day column, but depending on which way you look at it, Texas either A, you know, salvaged a recruiting class out of a pretty bad year, or B, left a lot of meat on the bone. I think that makes sense. I, I do, I want to say one thing. When's the last time Texas signed a player out of Lancaster? <laughs> um, that, it's been a while. I want to Larry Dibbles. Yeah. It's almost 20 years. Yeah, um, and I mean, they, but they haven't recruited it hard under Tom Herman. That's the I, Not just under Tom Herman. I mean, it, I, I think it goes back to quite a few guys. They had a commitment from Deshaun Hall, and he ended up flipping to A&M. I, I just right. think that I, I think that 
Texas and that area of South Dallas, uh, now that maybe they're they're in at Duncanville and, and are doing some things that maybe they get back in it. I, I just I, I think Lancaster is putting it putting out as good a prospects as anybody right now, and, well, and Texas Bobby, keeps coming up short. Remind me tomorrow when we do a full breakdown, and I'll tell you, I, Lancaster has addressed that that concern with Tom Herman specifically. I know their head coach extremely well. I know he's had some conversations with them, and I can go into more detail on that when we do the full breakdown tomorrow. All right. All right, Mike, uh, get back on the road. Be safe driving, and uh, good luck. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a special Thursday edition of uh, The State of Recruiting with Mike Roach. Take care now. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.